Hey guys, this is Table Talks with the Tares, an inside look at the everyday conversations we have at our table. I'm MJ. I'm Ash. And today we are talking about grief. Good grief. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I mean, it was, it was probably pretty... I'm, I'm, making, I'm making light of it, but it's probably pretty intense. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't actually episode. do that when I was I know. grieving. We would have, would have ruined. <laughs> yeah. But you do, you do use humor to dissipate, you know. Right, and because so. I can't deal with negative emotions. Well, you know, which sometimes we talk about it was nice. The, sometimes it was nice. We talk about in this. And other times I'm series. like, whoa, yo, okay, listen. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Yeah, I think. Um, if you're going through it or if you're work, walking with somebody through it yeah it's probably a good one to listen to yeah this one i think specifically was a little bit more from the lens of how do you walk with someone who's grieving yeah but you also gave insights for yeah. somebody who's going through it as well that's true and so it's a good good mix of both it's just well-rounded yeah like a ball <laughs> I don't know. anyways without further ado here we go. Enjoy. How should I start it? I don't know. Should just get into it. Oh gosh. What um, maybe what made you want to write this piece in the first place? The piece that I'm I'm talking about is ten things I've learned about grief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but why? At that time, I had maybe three or four friends who lost their fathers. Um, like literally right around the time I wrote this post, and so. I think grief is something that everyone experiences, even if it's not the death of someone that you love. Mm-hmm. People have experienced death of dreams, death of relationships, like the ending of relationships. You know, people have experienced grief in one way, shape, or form. I think. Yeah, but actual actual death is probably there's a finality to that. Yeah, that's that's hard. So basically, I just I was just thinking about. What are the things that I've learned in my journey? Yeah. That I would, I wish maybe someone who had, was a little bit further removed from the initial like shock of grief. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. To be able to like share with me and walk me through and hear from them. Who's somebody who's on the other side. So I you th- basically kind of also wrote it as somebody who, if you would have been able to talk to past you. Right. What would you say to past you while you were going through grief? Right. Yep. How would I have helped me process what I needed to go through? Mm-hmm. And then why do you want to ask me these questions? I think, so I wrote my piece from my perspective, but yeah. I wanted the perspective of somebody who's walking with somebody who's going through the grief because that's a really difficult place to be. Yeah. Because... You're re- no matter how you slice it, like you're removed from the experience, even if it's like a, a similar family member, like a, let's say, you know, s- spouses and one of them loses their father. It's like a father-in-law, but it's not the same experience. And so yeah, that creates all manner of dynamics of like, how do you walk with someone who's going through that when you're able to just like not get over it, but it's just not going to you're not going to have to work through it like that person is going to have to. And it's not going to continue to come up Mm -hmm. for you like that, like it will for that person around holidays. And there'll be anniversaries of like the death or like birthdays, you know, things that just constantly bring that back for that person. 
that over time the other person might be removed, like very removed from. Yeah, and honestly, love it was you just can't prepare for it. You know, I was driving to New York and you just get a phone call out of the blue, to tell me your dad passed away. Yeah, and I thought it was your stepdad who you were with. Yeah, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, and I just think that you you really can't prepare for it if you're experiencing it or walking through somebody who is walking with somebody who's going through it. Um, and what was weird about it too is that I was gone for a week. Yeah. You know, we yep. were supposed to go on this like New York city tour. Yeah. At the onset, I didn't really, I wasn't there to experience the first seven, eight, nine days. We weren't even dating. Yeah. No, not quite yet. I mean, not we quite. had, we, we were moving we, in that direction. We had a lot of sure. meetings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, while you were planning to come with me for Christmas, like you would have met my dad, mm. you know? So we were at least at that point in our relationship where we were serious about moving forward. I just don't think it was like official, which yeah. like an official date, you know, Right. at that time. I think that came right after. Yeah. So the news came and it was like Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. Thanksgiving break. Yep. And yeah, I just, I just didn't, didn't know what to think. And kind of like what you are laying out is like, if you've not gone through it, you don't know. Right. You know, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm the highest on the, uh, eq spectrum Mm -hmm. but all i did know how to do was to just be there and so that's all i did yeah so what was it like then walking with me through that experience yeah it was heartbreaking love so i never met your dad and the only real interaction we had was him leaving a facebook comment Mm -hmm. and i was excited to meet him but like for me to see you go through the depth of this, the pain that you felt towards somebody I'd never met. Yeah. Was, it was just really, really hard to see. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times I didn't know what to do. Um, I didn't even say anything a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of there. I don't know. Part of it is just that like you don't know how to help. So an inability to try and like maybe solve it mm-hmm. is probably helpful looking back. Right, rather than being like, hey, let's let's try and not stay in this feeling. Yeah. Let's, like it's like let's try and replace it with something fun. I don't think I ever tried to do that. Right. And so it gave you permission to just go to its full depth. Yeah. With, with me at least. And I think for me specifically, just how I'm wired is a kind of person who feels things very intensely. Like anyways, without grief, you know, like I feel very deeply and, um, also like a, maybe not a strange facet about me that kind of factors into what I've been able to process through is, um, I kind of have like a backwards way of working through my emotions or my feelings where I feel something fully as if I had like fully thought through. Yeah why I'm feeling what I'm feeling, like all of that. Right. I feel it intensely and then I have to work backwards and attach logic to it. And then once I do that, the feeling is very much alleviated. I almost, it's not that I don't feel anything about it. Right. But I will not feel that emotion or that feeling as intensely, I think really ever again. I don't know if you would say that's true, like about me and our marriage. Like I just, I don't, I will not, it's like I went to the deepest, level that I could have that feeling Mm -hmm. and now anything I feel about that will be lesser 
like a lesser experience from that point forward once I've been able to attach a logic to it. So I think I'm saying this because the process of me going through, like me processing through grief was a very rapid process because of the fact that I feel things so intensely so quickly. And then I have to like work backwards from that. And so for me, I think it was a really, that was a scary place to be with us being at the onset of dating because I was showing you (laughs) these like very vulnerable parts of myself very early on in our relationship Mm -hmm. that I felt like I almost couldn't hold back because it was so intense, you know? And so what did some of that like look like for you when I say like I was experiencing like intense grief? Yeah. I mean, it's exactly that. And somebody who wants to try and fix things, it's, it's tough to just be like, um, to not only be unable to do anything about it because you literally can't. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think it allowed me, it forced me to just feel the same loss. Wow. You know, I, I would try and think of like, how would that feel like? Mm-hmm. And, and I will say love though, that yeah, you feel things intensely. You feel it the first time, but the way that I've seen grief work in this particular experience is that it does come back and yeah, maybe not in, as intensely, but I definitely saw times where things would remind you of your dad Mm -hmm. or events or Mm -hmm. um, things that you see or experience or interactions other people are having with other people. Mm -hmm. Um, Even just like totally unrelated conversations, Mm -hmm. you know, where I remember you getting upset about, maybe it wasn't, you know, you just like mentioning how, I don't know if this was something you thought of or somebody you heard somebody say, but you know, they were maybe like frustrated with their dad. Mm-hmm. And you were just thinking, I mean, at least you have a dad to be frustrated towards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do remember that specifically. I remember we were at the a Super Bowl party, actually. Yeah. And um, that was, so that would have been March. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to stop there. I think it's February. February. Okay, well, around that time frame, yeah. which was maybe three, four months. Mm-hmm. Three, two or three months. Mm-hmm after the fact mm-hmm. um and it was so raw and yeah. so like fresh yep. um and i think a hard thing is that unintentionally people can like open that right place so that's what i mean it, it, just, it can be open so easily and so i remember specifically this girl was talking about how she had this phone her dad had called her and was being like maybe overprotective or something from her perspective she was so frustrated with him. And at this party, she's just like, you know, bashing her dad. And I was just literally on the verge of tears. Yeah. Thinking through the weight of the fact that like, yep. I like, like exactly what you said, at least he's still alive and cares about you enough to like, yeah. (laughs) Want to check in on you, you know? And that's, what's tough about it is that you, you experience that loss and it's very fresh. Yeah. You have three days of bereavement. And you're supposed to get over it after right, that. Right. And then for you to bring that up in that context to tell that girl, well, at least you have a dad to be upset with. Or even to start crying uncontrollably right. would be so like. Inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. Straight up inappropriate. Yeah. And so it's almost like there are no normal avenues yeah. to process through this. Right. Or, or maybe I take that back. Maybe when you're faced with it, because you are reminded of your dad, right? You can't 
you know, you, you have to deal with it somehow, but at a later time. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly and, right. Yeah. And, and, and so there, there, I could see why there would be a tendency to just like shove it down and not deal with it ever. Right. Right. Because it's just like, I'm just going to try and not feel this way. But like, that's a perfect example, like actually where yeah. you can go to one extreme and like totally ruin a Super Bowl party being like, at least you have a dad. My dad passed away three, you know. Yeah. My dad died th- four months ago. And that's like totally inappropriate. Or on the flip side, it's just like you laugh it off and any feeling of sorrow that you have, you just pretend like it doesn't exist. That's right. also inappropriate. Right. And so I think the way I saw or watched you handle grief is that you made that connection after the fact and you mentioned it to me and you were willing to still go there even though the rest of the world has moved on. Right. And I think it it was obviously like it was definitely way more frequently and it's you know there's still things that kind of hit that nerve. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um even today. Yeah. And I think especially when it's so fresh, there's so many different layers to work through of what you're feeling. There's the shock of just the finality of death. And, and we're speaking specifically about like a death, you know, yeah. um, there's relational like things you have to work through with, like, what was the status of your relationship and like reconciling mm-hmm. that, um, how does that impact your relationship with other people? Like if it's other family members who are also grieving that same death, like what does that do for them? And what does that mean for your relationship with them? You know? And so, um, not to mention the state settling that you had to like be oh involved with. Yeah, yeah. Like all, all of that stuff. Yeah. And, um, it's so painful yeah. and it, I don't know that experience really shell shocked me because it was so sudden, like his death was so on un- completely unexpected. Yep. And, um, I felt like, the way I, I've described it in the past was it's the most offensive pain I've ever felt. Yeah. And it's also a kind of pain that nobody can see. It's like this thing that's inside. and But yet, like, it feels at first like everything and everyone can touch it. Yeah. And that's hard because it's like I felt like I couldn't escape. I, you know, I go to, I'm like, muster up the courage to go to a Super Bowl party and be around other people. And the first person opens their mouth and says something like that. And she meant absolutely nothing by it. You yeah. know, in a different circumstance, I might have said the same thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. But like all of a sudden it's just like stirring up all of this like pain, you know. And so that's like that's just one example of hundreds that happen throughout a day. Where yeah. you just like different smells or you yeah. encounter something or somebody looks like that person right. that you see and it's just like you feel like you just saw a ghost, you know? So yeah. What do you felt like you learned about grief mm-hmm. through my experience? Um, I felt like because you were feeling so intensely about your loss, um, it, lo- it allowed me to practice compassion. And what I mean by that is to, to really just picture myself in your shoes mm-hmm. and try and think of what that would feel like while i could never perfectly replicate the actual pain you feel i guess it just taught me that um you know expressing those things are okay mm-hmm. and so you know this is obviously this whole experience isn't supposed to be about me <laughs> but i had a couple takeaways from it too where um when somebody's grieving 
you know, it's, it's at your pace. Mm -hmm. And so not to try and speed it up or slow it down because there's moments where you're ready to just move on. Mm -hmm. There's also moments where you just want to linger. Yeah. And to just try and, um, stay in that moment with you was something I learned to do during that time. Um, and so the compassion piece, the just like being there, um, the not trying to solve it, like all of these things that um, probably were not like my strength suit mm-hmm. were really exercised during that time. And for better or for worse, I was a, a lot of times just dumbfounded in, in my like inability to actually know what to do or how to approach it that mm-hmm. I just was like, at the very least, I can be there. Yeah. Um, and so we did that a lot. Yeah. And, and like I said, love, it was like intense, probably the first maybe two, three months. And then beyond that, it would be moments of it. Right. It would yep. be instances yep. of it. And, um, you know, honestly, that's not like the first thing that comes to my mind when I'm not the one who's experiencing it. Right. But to never say, babe, it's been like six months. You should get over it. Right. Right. Babe, it's been like 12 months. Right. You know, and, so and, and so. I think what I've learned having gone through grief and then also after that, having other people go through grief and, and having to like navigate, okay, how do I help them now that I've experienced grief? Um, I think something that I've learned is that I don't think anybody ever really wants somebody to get over it as much as like, it is very hard for a person who is grieving to experience like happy feelings, like feelings of like, Ooh, let's like excitement. Like, let's go do this thing. That's excitement, right? Or like, um, you 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 know what I'm saying though. Yeah, like, yeah. it's it's hard for that person to match that em- emotion. Um, and so I don't think it's that people want them really to get over their loss. We say that because that's what we feel like sometimes we are doing to people. But I think in reality, we just want them to match our positive feeling, mm-hmm. like get hyped up or be able to just like go have fun, like, or watch a movie or, you know, do these things, but they can't like, there's something preventing that, you know? And so I think, you know, for me, it probably took a year before I experienced a positive feeling again after the death of my dad, it was just, and would you say it was because of exactly that, like that inability to like, it felt unnatural when there's this like, heavyweight yeah it's it's this reconciling of and i think you know obviously it's different for different deaths but like for the death of a parent Uh it was like my whole world is different and yet it's the same and how do i reconcile now there is this lack of person who's not tracking with me anymore there's like this memory of this person and like you would never meet him. My children will never know him. There's this react. There's future realities mm-hmm. that play out as well that are just really hard to wrap your mind around in the moment. And so um, it feels like this massive just barrier. Yeah. The other thing I feel like because it's been years now. Yeah, eight years. the The other thing I've observed is that you never actually do get over it, but. I, let me clarify what that means. I think at first it is this like weight mm-hmm. and nothing else really can supersede it. And, and then 
as you progress through the years and you deal with it and you reconcile it and you like acknowledge, man, this is how I'm feeling. There's still things that come up in future years that remind you of your loss. And so there's that. And then I think like you progress even further and you just learn to live with it. And what I mean by that is that like, oh, wow, it's, you know, the anniversary of your dad's death. Oh, it's today would have been your dad's birthday. And those milestones that just like trigger that thought where, and I know for you, it's like, it's his birthday and I don't, he's not here to celebrate it. Like that, just like that loss. And it doesn't bring that same intensity and weight and, and, and pain that it did the first time. Yeah. And now sometimes that feeling isn't even loss as much as like, sometimes I'll forget and mm-hmm. then somebody else will remind me, like a friend will reach out and text me and be like, hey, I'm thinking of you today. And, you know, and then I'll be like, wow, I didn't even think about it. And now I'm feeling guilty yeah. about the fact that like, wow, I've like, I'm forgetting. Right. Right. So I think that that the feelings change. They do. As and the so, years go on. And so that's what I mean by it. it's like you just don't get over it. It's right. like the scar that you yeah. just have. Right. And you can either, you know, and, and it goes through this journey of like it's a wound. You have to address it. It does heal, but there's like a scar that's, that stays over. And like, you just continuously, like you, you live with it. Yeah. But there's always a mark that like points you to a moment in your life where you experience this deep pain. Well, I think there's something profoundly spiritual about that experience in that it is very, jarring and unnatural and it feels so like a violation of love in the sense that there is a literal removal of ability to continue relationship with someone who Mm. was Mm -hmm. so profound in my life like had a very prominent place place in my life yeah and so there isn't there is no longer the ability for me to continue to have relationship with that person. Mm -hmm. And I have the memories and the experiences that we had for 26 years, but that's it. But that's it. And now there's this like weird shift in my life where I became, you know, now like I'm creeping up to like how old my dad was when he died. Mm -hmm. And it's like forever. He is that same age. Right. (laughs) And I will, but he doesn't age anymore. Yeah. It's like he's stuck in time. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, that was never the original design. Um, and I don't, you know, like we weren't meant to be separated by death. Mm-hmm. And so I think it doesn't matter who you are. Mm-hmm. Like death is like there is a, like in the song that talks about, oh, death, where's your, or it's a Bible verse too, but in the song, yeah, like, yeah. oh, death, where's your sting, you know? Yeah. There is a sting yeah. that, that is a very accurate way to describe it, I would say. Yeah. That, um, it's, it's probably one of the few experiences, human experiences where you come as close as possible to recognizing or, or being aware of like the physical world meaning the spiritual world. Yeah. Well, I think death and the experience of it is probably the closest thing to hell 
that we have that we experience right this side of because I'm, I'm thinking another experience would be you know like childbirth is probably a one of these like very close spiritual physical experiences yeah. Yeah. as a humanity yeah, yeah, yeah. we could ever face and death is on the other side of that right and so like you are faced with those types of questions right yes yes where there is a finality to this. My dad will be frozen in time at his age. Right. Right. And like, it is a violation of my just perception of how I was able to have a relationship with somebody. And now that's gone. Right. And it also like makes you seriously reflect on your own life. Like my dad had 46 years. Yeah. What did he do with it? You know, and I'm not saying that he didn't do something with it, but right. I'm saying like, it makes me think, what the heck am I doing with my life? You know? And what, like, that was so unexpected. Mm -hmm. It's not like he could have prepared mm -hmm. for it, you mm -hmm. know, or made sure he did his bucket list things. Like, right. he literally had the time that he had and that was it. And right. then it was gone. And yeah. it's also like this weird experience of watching him and his achievements get erased. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it makes you think about like, what am I actually putting my time towards and my energy towards? Like, sure, I, you know, like, is it really important to accomplish all these great things? Because after a while, all the awards and all the everything, like, yeah, like, you know, my dad died and I literally like, you know, all of his stuff had to either be like auctioned off or like sold or like it's thrown away. The survivors, yeah. Yeah, like literally all yeah. of it becomes junk. You know, and so it's just like it really makes you think about how important relationships are, yeah, and putting that in the proper perspective when stacked against like the things that we're striving right. after, because there's no real longevity in what we achieve. Yeah, it's in the memory of who we were and how we impacted people. That's literally the only thing that lives on. That's good. You know, yeah, it's yeah. kind of a scary. It's a very sobering thought. Yeah, and you know when you're in your twenties and you're invincible and you're going to live forever, it's, it's just such a jarring reconciliation you have to come to Yeah. when you experience death at such a young, young age. age. Yeah, for sure. So if someone came to you yeah. to ask advice on like someone that they love is walking through grief, what are maybe two or three things you would say to them? Yeah, I think, Probably just have compassion. And I don't even know if that's what I'm trying to say. But what I mean by that is that I think what makes grief harder at times is that you feel like you're alone. Yeah. And so one of the things I'm just like rehashing things that I am bring, bringing me back to those yeah. places. Yeah. And in that journey with you, especially at the very beginning, it's probably more at the very beginning than it has been since since then. Yeah for you to just be t to go through that journey and for me to say to you not in words but in being there that like you're going through this valley but you're not going through it alone yeah yeah and so some of that really just requires you as the person who's walking through that other person with to really try and put yourself in that situation how would you feel if you lost your dad yeah right like what would that feel because that's what she's going through right that's what I tried to like tell myself. Yeah. And you know, I, even if I would revert to try to solve it, like I, there's no way I'm going to solve this. Right. And so to just be willing to try and 
join you in the valley you're going through and then not and not try to just pull you out of it yeah. because you're uncomfortable. Right, right. Because you're, you know, I think being there and being willing to stick it out are probably the two things. And it's not even in anything that you can say, like the, the euphemisms that get thrown out, you know, but to really just be like, babe, this sucks. Yeah. I'm sorry. This is tough. And I can't imagine what you're going through and to just like leave it open-ended. Don't add a butt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and just, just park there. Yeah. It's probably um, what I would tell somebody is that this is a journey that, you know, your either spouse or your friend will be going through. They're going to get bereavement days, three, and then they're going to ex- be expected to get over it. Yeah. Um, but they won't be. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but you, just because it's just not possible. You can't just be like, all right, three days, I'm good. And so this is going to be just like a strap in for the long haul right, because right. this is going to take a while. And then honestly for you, it's probably faster than what I would imagine other people go through because I could see for somebody who's unwilling to just sit there, try and, you know, just push it push down it further down. Yeah. and not deal with it. And so it's hard. Like yeah. it, there's, there's not a solution. It's hard, but I think they will appreciate you for having walked through it with them even though they don't know themselves what they're going through or how or what they're feeling mm-hmm. and how long it's going to last. Yeah. But to at least, I feel like if I were in your shoes, to at least know somebody is willing to go there with me and stay there with me yeah. so that I'm at least not alone. Right. Um, it would be what I would want to have if I were to experience that form of a loss. Yeah. And I would say you, you did do that very well, love. Like that was the beginning of our relationship and I would not wish that on anybody (laughs) going into a relationship but that like tore apart any sense of pretense or wanting to impress you or like anything I was literally at my darkest like Mm -hmm. just I had nothing to like give you offer you like literally nothing on the table because I was just like I it is taking like everything in me to like keep it together on a daily basis right (laughs) I got nothing for you you know yeah um What's that cheesy phrase? If you don't love me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. Yeah. (laughs) No, but seriously, that experience was so formative, I feel like, for our relationship in showing me that we can weather hard things together. And I feel like I can think back on so many times when you did just sit with me and I was just, sometimes you just get lost in grief. Mm -hmm. Like there are moments Mm-hmm. where it's just more intense than others. Yep. Um, and I really felt like you allowed me the freedom to just lay it all out Yeah. and just take as long as I needed to when those moments sprung up. Um, yeah. And I really appreciated that. It gave me the freedom to feel like I could take the time, do the hard work. Right. Um, in the post that I wrote, 10 things I've learned about grief. Um, There were two things I think specifically that kind of talk to what we've been talking about. One is there are some parts of your journey that only you can walk. And um, that kind of speaks to what we were talking about earlier about how at some point, nearly everyone and everything you, you know, 
love or do is going to touch that place of pain. And so you can try to run from it or cut out the pain points, but you're not going to outrun the pain within. Right. And then the second thing is time doesn't heal wounds. You got to do some work. (laughs) And for me, I knew if I'm going to come out healed and not hollow, I need to do some work and I need to be willing to go to these places. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's just too intense. Like you just can't stay there for that long. Cause it's like, I just, I literally will get lost in this, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. I like, I don't know if I'm going to come back from it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I felt like the, you allowed me a good blend of like feeling out when I needed to do something to get my mind off of it versus, okay, like I need to just like sit in this. Yeah which I thought was really helpful. Yeah. And I saw here you said for your third point, some people may be uncomfortable with negative emotions. Yeah. A lot of people will be. Yeah. (laughs) And so just be aware of that. And they might try to like wish the negative emotions away in trying to make it easier and better for you. Right. And sometimes it actually makes it worse. Yeah. Not only that, but I think in the other side of that is that um, it's not just that some people are uncomfortable with negative emotions. Some people are uncomfortable with you in that season. You know, what was coming out of me sometimes was anger. And what was coming out of me sometimes was like really negative, uh, you know, things. Yeah, yeah. And and that was attached to my grief. And the people who love you will be able to see through that and say, like, I will still love you, you know, at the end of this. Yeah. Um, and and allow you the time that you need to do the work to to work on that. Right. You know what I mean? Some people are not going to be OK with that. And the yeah. negative things, it's not just the feeling, the negative feelings. It's actually like what you're emoting. You know, yeah, some yeah. people are not going to be OK with that. And they're going to label you a certain way. Mm-hmm. And but the people who really love you will stick with you through it and know that you're going to come out different on the Mm -hmm. other side, Mm -hmm. you know, but not try to like push you towards that. Well, Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of table talks with the Tares. We'd love to hear from you. And if there's something you'd specifically like for us to talk about, visit honors underscore.com slash table talks to let us know. And if this episode was helpful to you, be sure to subscribe and to also share it with a friend. We really appreciate your support. All music is from the OG MJ Tare. Join us next time for another conversation at our table.